Welcome back to the Stabcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Mindy. And we're here to talk uh, a special one. One that we probably should have done uh, a couple years ago. But a horror classic and uh, especially something if you're fascinated with serial killers and slashers, but more of a retrospective uh, look at them. Uh, We're doing American Psycho. Yeah, 1990 American Psycho with Christian Bale. Cool, not 19. This is 2000. Oh, well, then I apologize because I got told it was 1990. So I guess that might just be the book. Yeah. Dates, I'm not sure. Yeah. But uh, to me, a lot of people look at this as one of his breakout roles and one of his top performances. I'm a Christian Bale fan. I'm one of the guys that think he's one of the better actors that can do pretty much anything. And him as Patrick Bateman is very good. But uh, a lot of people point to this as, like, the one movie he killed. I think he's great in everything, but he does. This kind of leans on him, and to me, he delivers. Oh, absolutely. He does an amazing job. Uh, We'll go over this later at like what the theory is and whatnot and he is so unbelievably talented that the theory that I'm going to bring up is like it could go either way oh yeah you don't really know like anything but yeah so um, basically, this started off with about five novels. Um, yeah. There's only one that's called American Psycho. And it's the only one that's truly, like, canon to the movie. Um, even though the start of the movie doesn't happen until, like, halfway through the book. Right. But... The books themselves are very interesting, and if you are interested in whatnot, I'll be uh, listing them on our TikTok and everything to let people know uh, what they are, and because um, they're they're very good reads. You find out that he actually has a brother. Yeah. And also, you find out that he has a mother, but him and his brother put their mother away because she. What basically they put her away for alcoholism. She was a danger to herself, and she was a danger to them. As as far as a dad goes, I don't know. 
that was never touched on. All right. So American Psycho by Brad Easton Ellis is what basically this is what kind of this movie is about. And it's kind of based on. And that movie, because it's more centered around 1980s and it's kind of closer to the 1980s, like New York and Wall Street and stuff. Uh, what do you think about the movie's play as that, as like uh, kind of that look on dudes and egos and uh, kind of how, like he's like a deranged dude pretty much, but he seems like he has it together. What do you think of that message? I think that Wall Street yuppie message was very imperative to the movie itself and to the story because there were many people out there that knew the name Patrick Bateman, but they all looked alike that he wasn't, that nobody tied him to the name. No. Everybody yeah, else thought it was up. a different person. Yeah. Like, I mean, and he, like, he thrived on that. He even, he, he said that in the beginning of the movie before he goes into his routine. He, he says that, um, they should feel very stupid because, I mean, all of us look alike. He shouldn't just assume that one's one. You can tell it really bothers him at the end, though. Yeah. Um, also, I mean, how do you feel about the, like, whole him taking care of himself to the point where it's kind of like Joan Crawford and Mommy Dearest? Uh, I think because his character is such an ego, it's such about, like, control. And I, I think he plays it perfectly, and I think that is another element of the character. Just like when he's having sex with those two prostitutes and then he beats the shit out of them and he's making them do like specific little things. This is like a, a manipulative dude, a control freak, like a, a psychopath. So it, it kind of comes down to how he takes care of himself and moisturizes and puts the face bomb and shit like that. I mean, and like I told our aunt in the car, um, our Honorable mentioned the intern. Uh, she, um, I was talking to her, and I was telling her that I feel like his regimen was just so intense because of the fact that he needed to have control over everything. Yeah. That's so his regimen kind of kept him sane. A hundred percent. Because he's like a prim. He prides himself on having himself together and being prim and proper and fitting in. But also, one thing I do want to throw in there is he does pride himself on being trendy. Yeah. On doing the latest trends. That's why the fact that he can't get a reservation at Dorcia, that's why that infuriates him so much. Because that's like the high-end motherfucking New York Wall Street restaurant right there. And he can't get in to save his life. That bothers him so much. Of course it bothers him. I mean, like you said, he looks like everybody else and they still get ostracized. 
in some way. It's just funny how and, and I love I mean, how I love go. how Reese Witherspoon just snuck her way in this movie. I love how she ended up being well in the in the book I wanna in the book I do wanna lay this down here. She is just a girlfriend in the book. Yeah. Now in the movie he does say this is Evelyn, my supposed fiance. Yeah. So you don't really know if he ever really did like pop the question or not. Because whenever she does bring up marriage, she like freaks out on her. Yeah, he does not want to get married. Like every time, he he flips the he flips the fuck he flips the shit out of her. And then for the first, like I was thinking, like maybe he's not like a flashy kind of guy. Maybe he wants to have like a wedding that's like in front of the justice of the peace or something. Like I don't know, but like no, like in the end, like she really seems to disgust him. And like when they introduce some of his work colleagues, like he even says, like. I know for a fact that Evelyn is fucking Bryce, but what Evelyn doesn't know is that I'm fucking her best friend. And I was like, oh my god, okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Like the, I'm sorry, but the brassness of his language was just, I think that made the character. The brassness? Yeah. Like, yeah. the way that he would, maybe brassness isn't the word. The way that he was able to speak to people behind their backs about, like, horrible things he was going to do to them. And then when they turn around and they go, what? He says something completely different. Oh, yeah. That's what, that made the movie. That's what made it for me, honestly. That's what got me on it, was the fact that, like, everybody, like, basically, everyone basically believed it. Yeah. So, and they, like I said, he was trendy. Like, I remember they're riding in the limo, and Evelyn's trying to talk about their wedding, and all he's trying to do is listen to his Walkman that has, like, the new um, hit single on it and stuff. Like, he likes Whitney Houston, Phil Collins, like, Huey and the News. Like, he likes yeah. stuff that's cool, that has been in movies and stuff like that. He prides himself on that. Yeah. He definitely, uh, he definitely prides himself on, be, on being trendy and, like, knowing shit. Absolutely. I mean, that's why, like, when he took Courtney out to dinner and whatnot, she was really, like, hyped up on painkillers, so she didn't really know what was going on. Like, he ordered for her, and he was, and, like, the thing is, the thing that got me is he didn't say anything personal about it. He said the New York Times said that it's a delectable, delectable, uh, delightful little mistake. Serious dish. And yeah. to me, that says a lot. 
that says to me that he doesn't really know, like, what stuff tastes like and what's in the know and everything that everyone thinks he does. Like, in all actuality, he's kind of just faking it. He's just faking that shit. I mean, that's just that's just the way I see it, is that he's, he's faking it. So, and there's no problem with somebody faking it. There really isn't. It's just, he does a phenomenal job of doing so. Yeah. I mean, and this is the guy that even played Batman at one point. <clears throat> yeah, he, he would go on to play it later, but... And... Well, as I said at one point, so like this actor was a, he was a very good actor, and honestly, they had a pretty good cast if you think about it. They had Jared Leto, they had Willem Dafoe, they had Reese Witherspoon, and then they had him. Yes. Yeah, I thought it was a damn good... I mean, and Jared Leto, it was kind of fun to see a young baby face. Like, he's not the one that's crazy. It's kind of weird because mm-hmm. Christian Bale... There's two different types of Christian Bale fans. The one that knows he has, like, crazy range and he can do anything and go deep from the soul and he's, like, a character actor, or the ones that just know him from Batman and think he's a little bit dry. And if you think he's a little dry from watching him in Batman, because, like, you'll watch The Dark Knight and be like, well, he doesn't really act much, and Heath Ledger kind of carries it. But then you watch this, and it's like, no, this is a character-based movie, and it's based on his, the whole thing's on his character, and he carries the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And he kills Mm -hmm. it, too. Oh, absolutely, but um, here's Here's the theory that we're working with here. People think that, and I want your personal opinion. People think that Patrick Bateman just had a psychotic break and that he never really killed anybody. He just imagined everything. I don't think so. I really don't. Okay. I don't know about that theory. Because it seems to me, especially for the ending to really hit, it's kind of like you have to believe that he did kill everybody, but it just doesn't matter because he's like another cog in the machine. And they're all doing that. Exactly. They're all and, and to me, that's exactly. to make the ending hit. That's what you have to believe. And that's what I thought. But I came across this theory, and Aunt Sharon said it was like an actual theory that people thought of. So I figured I would let you. I would ask you. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent. But I'm a okay. I'm a huge fan of this movie, and I'm a huge fan of what he's able to do. Because, like, to me, it's this and the Machinist, and a couple others to, like, defining Christian Bale uh, 
performances. And this is just the little nuances. It's just the way he talks to the people, the way he talks about himself. And he's such an egomaniac narcissist. Like, like he, he thinks that the world is his oyster and that it's his movie and he's so important. And that's why he's, his ego is the way he is and the way he kills people in a particular manner. And he's like, I'm devoid well, I mean, of any emotion. He kind of, I mean, he kind of, like, says that, though, from, like, the beginning. Like, when they go out to a nightclub and whatnot, the girl says, the bartender says, these tickets aren't good anymore. It's a cash bar. And she turns around to make his drink, and he goes, I want to rip you uh, apart and play with your insides, you effing ugly bitch. Yeah. It was play with her blood, but tomato, tomato. Yeah. So, I mean, like, he really, I mean, even in the beginning, the beginning's got to be my favorite part when he does the man, uh, when he does his monologue. Yeah. Uh, like, even though we have the same hair and we won't touch my face and I can touch yours, I'm just simply not there. Yes. I think that's, like, the definition of the movie. Yeah, definitely. I I feel bad for the secretary, Jillian. And uh, oh, Jean. Is it Jane or is it Jillian? It's Jean. Okay, Janie. Uh, I feel really bad for her because uh, she really just she has a crush on him that she wants to make him happy, or Jean, and. Uh, He's a fucking psychopath, and, but she gets so lucky at the end when uh, that when Evelyn calls him, and he gets so lucky, or she gets so lucky to ask him like, "Should I leave?" And he's like, "Yeah, you should. I can't control myself." And uh, it wasn't even Evelyn, Daniel. It was um, him telling her that he was going to ruin um, his figure, and she said, "Well, then maybe we shouldn't go out." And then he thought about it, and he was like, you know what, I don't think we should. I think you should leave. Yeah, but that was, that was kind of all after she called. Evelyn called, and Jean was sitting there, like, looking all upset. Yeah, that's true. Because she did say, well, I do book, have a... Jean is with him. Yeah. Because she even has the line where she said, I have a thing for getting with involved men or something like that. And I don't want to do that. I like felt bad it was a nice sign. It was a nice. Uh, it was a nice scene when he told her to leave, because he's like, I can't control myself, and uh, mm-hmm. she got the fuck out of there. She actually got to survive the movie. Yeah, they told her straight out, like, if you stay, like, I don't, I can't promise you that I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm Mary Heron who made this movie. She, this is kind of her like her big one. Mm-hmm. Director, she just made Dolly Land though in 2022. Who? What? What movie? It's called Dolly Land. I think I... it's based on uh, Salvador Dolly. Yeah, I think I've seen that. But uh. No, I thought uh, okay. I thought Bellator. Uh, 
And I thought, I mean, he was the but only... Already... Huh? Nothing. Go ahead. Keep going. No, continue. Uh, did did you ever see American Psycho 2? Yes, I did. That's with Mila Kunis. And that one, it's just way too hokey for me. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I'm all for quirky and stuff, but like in the beginning of the movie, like she tries to convince us that when she was a young girl, that she not only killed Patrick Bateman, but she killed his last victim. Who was her babysitter? It definitely didn't work. It definitely seemed more of like a lifetime movie plot. Yeah. Than a sequel to a movie. Yeah. So, just the way I personally see it. I mean, nothing against Mila Kunis or anything. I mean, honestly, she did a really good job with the role that they gave her. I thought uh, William Defoe did a good job as the cop. Oh, my God. First one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He was, like, grilling. And it was funny kind of seeing Bateman slowly, like, melt down and not be so cool, calm, and collected towards the end. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, like, what made it, like, when the ATM told him to feed him a stray cat. Yeah. 100%. But, Yeah. Is there any other uh, big standout scenes you want to talk about? I mean, I will have to say my favorite kill had to be when he took out Christy, that hooker, with the chainsaw. Oh, that was fucked up. That was amazing. He dropped that thing like seven, like seven flights of stairs. I felt bad for her. He said it wasn't going to be like this. It wasn't. She didn't leave. Yeah, but that's not what she thought that he meant. <laughs> I understand that, but I mean, I that's basically what he meant. Like, that's not going to be like last time, mean, meaning I'm going to let you leave. Yeah. He didn't let her leave. She got chainsawed through the so. fucking head. Yeah, she did. She got fucked up. So, um, I believe it is your turn to pick. Oh, for the movie next week? Yes. Ooh. Uh, this is going to be a big one. You got Max, right? Yeah. So what do we watch this on? Yeah? Yeah. Horror. I say I say we do something crazy What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. 
Can we go back to the OG and do paranormal activity? Have we done that yet? No, we haven't tapped any of the paranormal activities. We haven't tried any paranormal activity? We haven't done any of the paranormal activities, is what I said. Let's do it. Okay. We're going to start with number one next week. I hate you. Okay. You'll be fine. I just I don't like those movies. They're too slow. Well, if we find something else, then we'll announce it on the TikTok. Okay, it's all right. I'll let you have your movie. All right. Who do you yell? Have a good night. Um, oh, oh, wait. What would you rate us? Uh, I think it's a 9.3. This is an excellent character movie. I was getting even a 9. All right. We'll see everybody next time. Who do you? Who do you? Bye, guys.